Yo, 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 yo. Yo, what the fuck? Yo, what the? Yo, 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 back again. Back again. It's back again. <coughs> it's Twan. What's up? It's your boy, Big Teasy, uh, back in the spot with the Twancast, and we are back for that weekly thing with that part two, with that Freddy Ruiz part two. You already know what the fuck it is. I think in one part I say that I set up this show. I don't know if it was this show or another show or someone else set it up or I got the plug. I don't remember what the fuck it was, but that's some shit, bro. I may have the uh, the thing mixed up, so please bear with me. If you know what's going on, please hit me up and let me know. Like, yo, T, you're bugging. This is really what happened. Just so long ago, I don't even know what the fuck be happening or what happened. Twoncast, baby, yo, Twoncast, baby. I just do this shit, baby. It ain't nothing to me, baby. I just pull up and I just start talking into a microphone, baby. Niggas listen. Niggas know what's up. It's your boy, Young T. Bag. Mark. Yeah. Bird. Yeah. And yeah. Bird. Yeah, Mockingbird, don't everybody have you heard? She gonna buy him a Mockingbird. And if that Mockingbird don't sing, she gonna buy him a diamond ring. But yeah, so uh, that band, one show, Social Studies had one show at that epidemic place in Brentwood. People like people digged it. It it was cool. I felt like I felt like that band could have really like took off. I but I think it was just like kind of just like the rehearsal dynamic. It wasn't really like I don't think anybody was like taking it serious. So there's that. And then um, so Steve Bruder ended up. You know I was like yo I want to I want to. Steve was one of the best guitar players I've ever met in my whole life. And um, we talk about music, we talk about 
style like di- different genres of of me- like subgenres of punk and like styles of music and he like we were always on the same page and he always understood like my approach and like where i was trying to go with like a certain project so he was like down and he knew like exactly like like what was needed for the song like for like the pr- progressions and stuff like for i wrote haiku so that was pretty cool so like that band uh played a few shows the first show the first i wrote haiku show that we ever played was actually in this kid cody that lived in antioch uh his 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 mom his parents uh his mom's like his mom's living room and it was really like so we, we were just like practicing in our garage and like in like our garage in my, my, my parents garage um every day like you know after school or whatever and then um basically like one when one of my parents showed up from work that was when practice was over you know what i mean so like 4 35 ish you know it was mm-hmm. done but like we were practice every day so we kind of had like a, a set going and um and we had the demo and we practiced all the time so then uh we played a show in the living room of Cody's, uh, which is kind of which is kind of crazy because our last show was also at Cody's mom's house. She moved to another house, and then we played in that basement, and that was the last haiku show. So the first show was uh, in his living room, and it was just our close friends, and we just played the set yeah. in front of like a handful of people, like probably ten people, and that was and that was it. And it was just like oh like cool and then like the second show um i don't know how we linked up with funeral diner but i remember seeing funeral diner at uh at gilman and just kind of being like wow like like this is kind of like the sound that i'm like looking for and i've never seen it live you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and funeral diner was like definitely one of the like the first bands where i was exposed to that style and I was just like, oh, wow, th- this is exactly like when I envision like, you know, Screamo, whatever you want to call it, like emo music. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this oh, is like, like how it's supposed to I yeah. like Screamo more of a, of a, if we're going to give it a genre, I like Screamo a lot more than uh, its uh, new title, uh, Scrams. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's kind of whack. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that either. No. But um, yeah, but like our second show, I believe, I believe was our second show. That was the you played that show with How to Summer. Yeah. That was the um, Santa Clara. I set that right? show up. You set the show up. I was hey, I, was, I, did, that's, that's I didn't. I didn't. I, I did Santa Clara boy. I didn't. I didn't know that you set that show up. So shout out to you. Yeah. So uh, that's. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's tight. Oh, you know what? I'm trying to think of how I got, you know, I, you know how I got Funeral Diner to play? I think I got Funeral Diner to play a show because the bassist of Funeral Diner, Uh the one dude, what's his name, Ben? Yeah. He plays, he played in this band that was like a hipster band called Lemonade. Uh Uh-huh. And they played at Blow Up. And I was uh-huh. at Blow Up and I seen them and then I hollered at him. I was like, hey, you playing Funeral Diner, yeah? And he was like, yeah. Like, And I was like, yo, do you have a contact for Funeral Diner? 
And then he was like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, oh, I'm about to set up this show. I was emailing with them to set up the show. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was, I don't even know. I, that's funny as fuck that I like, I didn't, I didn't really like, that was her second show? That was your guys' second show? I think that was our second show, man. Like, we didn't really like, so yeah, that was basically our second show. I'm pretty sure. Fire. So, um, so that, that was a good show. That was the Grand Color Crayon, Funeral Diner, Us, How to Summer. And then, uh, so Steve Bruder played twice that night because he, because uh, he played with Jeff, who was in Tiger Bombs. He played with, in Tiger Beat. That was a Tiger Beat set. Yeah. On, on that show. So that, that was, that was a sick show. Um, yeah. That was a whole yeah, other Tiger Beat and How to Summer for like a second. I I mean, at the time, I didn't think. I mean, I wanted I wanted uh, social studies to do some shit, but I they weren't down. And then it was it was cool to see Tiger Beat do something. Just people from it was just it's just cool to see. I get stoked when I see people from the nine two five like actually doing something because it's so easy to kind of just get swallowed up by that area. You know what I mean? Oh, you yeah. just kind of get like. You kind of just get, it's like one of those, those places that just swallows people up. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's yeah. kind of cool to, it's just kind of cool to see like us kind of like do something. I don't even care how big it gets. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like you're getting out of, out of that area and you're actually like playing and being productive with your time, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's tight. So, uh, let, let me see. Um, I can't, it's, 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 it's weird. I can't really like recall like the showography for our haikus but i remember um i remember us playing um in the north bay with uh uh makanda mm-hmm. and that had dan africa in that band uh specters yeah um i'm trying to think i'm trying to think i can't really recall that show I remember not really being happy on our set, but a friend of mine that that was there with us was like assured me that it sounded good, and I was like, okay, cool, thank you. And then I remember uh, playing. I remember playing um, the long hall in Berkeley, the info shop on Shattuck Avenue, and it, that was with that was with Fino Diner as well, and uh, that was with this band called Life at These Speeds. And then um, Makanda also played that show. Uh, so that's kind of how I met Dan Africa. Dan, Dan Africa's dope dude. And then uh, it was cool because that show was already set. And then the band, I Would Set Myself on Fire for You, was in the area touring. Mm-hmm. I think they're from the Midwest or something like that. Did they play? So they hopped on the show like last minute. Oh shit! Which was sick. Which was like super sick because I had like I really liked that band, mm-hmm. and then they and then they played and I was like, oh, this is sick! Like wow, you know, I was like, damn, that that that's that that's dope. And so like that was a that was a really that was probably that show was probably our best. Like that the Santa Clara show, and that show were probably like our two best shows. And then uh, fast forward the, I can't really remember if we played anything in between that. I don't think we did. And then uh, the the final show, 
we started the band playing in Cody's mom's living room with like a handful of friends. And then the final show was in Cody's mom's basement of her, of her new house again in Antioch, California. And um, that was with Loma Prieta, the grand color crayon. Um, and I think that was it. I don't recall anybody else playing. But I remember um, like the original singer of Loma Prieta like said some like not chill stuff on the mic. And then like my friends like looked at me like, yo, what are you going to do about this, bro? Like they like hit me up about it because it's like our town. These fools came out. They're saying some kind of like sus shit on the mic. They talk shit about New York? No, no, they like, like, okay, so the story goes. The cheese man, bro. <laughs> the cheese man, right? So <laughs> the story goes like, uh, the dude, this old sing, the original singer. I forgot, I, for, I, I don't, I never even met the dude, but like they, um, but he, I guess, quoted. I don't even know who the hell he quoted, but um, he ended up saying like faggot over the over the like speak into the mic like he thought he was being like cool or like clever by saying this quote or something that had that word in it and then like the kind of like the whole room was like whoa like what the hell and then like I didn't really catch it because I was talking to someone else while like you know during that part and then like my friends like walked up to me like yo what are you gonna do about this Fred and I was like what what do you mean and they kind of told me the scenario and I was like oh shit he did that and they're like yeah what are you gonna do about it I was like oh and then I just was just like I like just kind of approached the stage and I was like yo fuck that like fuck homophobia blah 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 I just kind of went went on the spiel and I was just like yo there's no room for that shit here like get the fuck out if you don't want to like fucking you know you know be about it or whatever which was kind of crazy because I'm not really like a confrontational person but I just knew like my friends were, were depending on me and like we couldn't let some some bullshit like that slide like especially like in our town you know what I mean and we're trying to like do something do do something real you know what I mean so it was kind of like an interesting moment for me but yeah but like you know I kind of like laid the line down. I was like yo stops that that stops here like that like you know mm-hmm. like knock it off you know so that that was sick and then, um, so yeah that was the last show and then, uh, yeah, that was the last show, man. And then um, after that band, that record, that I wrote Haiku's record was in like purgatory for years. I, I mean, I don't even know how long it was in purgatory. It was just like, it seemed like forever because um, I, don't, I, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I could probably, I have like you know suspicions and like just kind of like come out like wasn't it supposed to be on vinyl it didn't come out for a long time bro it was supposed to come out for a long time but it didn't come out because i don't know there, there's there's just so much to say about that project that it, it was just like it's hard to um, put into words you know but yeah. basically um that release was in purgatory for so long it was going to be put out it was eventually put out by Disco Huelga, which was Val from Loma Prieta's distro. Um, but, long, I mean, at, a, at at this time, like right now, 
I don't have like the right like form like formation of thought to like kind of put to art to like articulate like what happened but um it just took a long time to come out and then my homie Amir coil um was I was talking to him about, about the situation he was like yo like that record needs to come out so that record was recorded in Trey and Jeff's living room they had an apartment they were roommates they had an apartment um and we recorded that uh 12 inch in the living room and Jeff was going to school for like recording so he had gear so mm-hmm. he Jeff who was in Rosenbaum's with me he recorded that record which was pretty amazing to to do i mean it was kind of tedious and it was just kind of like kind of weird and then um I ended up playing uh, most of the bass parts on the record. Um, you know, all of the soundscapey kind of stuff. Like I, you know, I was doing a lot of that on the record too. And then, um, but yeah, we had the recording. We had the the the, the photography taken by uh, Madeline Allard, old school Anya Comey. Yeah, shout out old school Anya Comey. Uh, so she took the she took the pictures for the artwork and then um like val i guess had uh someone on deck to get the uh, record together mm-hmm. like piece it together like put it together and stuff like the layout but for whatever reason it just didn't come out for a long time and then i was telling amir coil and he was like yo like i will front the money to get the record out because it needs to come out yeah like, straight up like dude this record needs to come out and i was like okay so I, so I hit up Val, like, yo, like, I think we're going to go another direction because my homie Amir, he's really stoked on the record and then he's down to just put it out like right away. So it's been like way too long. So we're just like going to probably go with him. So then like, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh no, I got it. I got it. I got it. So then, it, you know, shortly after it was in production to get, you know, it was getting pressed and whatever. So that, so that was that. And then I guess there was... I, and the whole thing about it is too like i don't really know how many official pressings there were of that record uh-huh. I, I i i couldn't tell you you know what i mean yeah. i think uh, i think trey was like more in communication with val about that so i don't know it's just kind of weird it's just kind of <laughs> weird because like i i kind of just like uh the lyrics for that band were so personal that like it was just kind of just a way for me to kind of just let this all this emotional stuff and trauma and just depression and all the shit that I was going through like it was a release and I felt like I finally like got it out on the record so I could like walk away from it you know what I mean like it just I let it go and I was able to just kind of move on so I don't own like a copy of that record and if I do have a copy of it I at any time I I've given it away to someone around and um yeah yeah so just kind of get 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 rid of that but um but i don't know it's better to see that type of stuff in the wild more than it is to just have it yeah yeah i actually i was actually at amoeba in in berkeley Mm -hmm. like looking be like the records and like i saw that record and i picked it up and i was like why is this record uh it was like $26 $26 or like 30 bucks or something like that and I was like yeah. and it said like and it said rare like someone like like someone like put it you know like like an extra uh 
clear sleeve on it and they wrote in sharpie it said rare clear vinyl blah blah blah. and i was just like dude why is this why is this so much money multiple buys it's weird hell weird <laughs> but i don't know <laughs> it was weird but um that's not fire yeah. that's like yeah that is like uh fuck man that's a real that was like probably one of the last real screamo bands like honestly you think so I fucking think so, bro. <laughs> Thank you. I really think right. so. really like that that record was one of the last good Screamo band records. Cause it wow. was like right after Off Minor, right after Ampere. So off right after all that like Massachusetts, like Western Mass stuff. And then after after fucking you know what I'm saying y'all was the best and then after fucking that shit then you know what I'm saying you know what I mean you good but you know I really think that that was the best shit thank that you was like the best shit the best shit smoking and then I don't know kind of stuff went scrammy you know what I'm saying <laughs> scrambled but then after you were doing that, you did. After that, I was in that band Punch. Yes, Punch. Um, so I knew, um, well, you know, just Keith from, you know, Keith from. Uh, Doppelganger. Doppelganger, mm-hmm. but before, after. Um, just kind of seeing him around the scene, I always thought he was like a cool dude. Like, you know, he still is a cool dude. I haven't seen him in years, but he's. Always been cool to me. Um, Blaine playing? Yes. What was that? Didn't that guy Blaine playing punch? Or no? Did they? I don't. I don't know. That that band has so many members. He like played. He started playing banjo. (laughs) Oh, Lane. You said Lane. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 So okay. So this is this is like the story behind that band. So I hit up Keith. I don't know how I. Don't ask me how I got his phone number. This was before cell phones or before I had a cell phone. So I somehow acquired his cell phone number. I gave him a call. And um, I was like, yo, bro, what's up? Like, we should jam. We should play some music. And he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Meet me on this day at Oakland Music Complex and we'll jam. And I was like, sick. So then um, it was going to be me him me on drums keith on guitar and then he had lane um you know play the original uh like the first practice right Mm -hmm. and then um and then lane um like wasn't really interested in being in the band so he kind of was doing his own thing which was was all good so then uh he was like he told keith told me like yo like i don't think lane's gonna be anyway and i was like that's cool uh and then he was like "Do, do you know anybody else and i was like yeah i do nobody somebody else and then i basically asked jeff and Daniel, who I was, you know, in Rosenbaum's with and Ira Haku's with, I was like, yo, those are my homies. And I was like, yo, like, come with me to come jam with Keith because they knew who Doppelganger was. And we, we always, like, really liked Doppelganger, just like their whole, uh, just their whole vibe. Like, they were just like, so they're, they're just like, so worship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That yeah, and just like a Charles Bronson worship band, but like, at the at like a great Charles Bronson worship band, 
I, that that exactly exactly like like if you want like I, yeah exactly if you want to like just give them like a like yeah. a category like the like yeah. the fuck this gator era charles bronson so it's like yeah good charles bronson yeah yeah exactly so like we were always into that band so like just the opportunity to play with keith it was like yeah that's just gonna be sick and so like you know these are the dudes that i played with like my whole life so like jeff and daniel come with me dudes like let's go jam with keith and then that was like the first like uh roster for punch so then uh we were thinking about singers or whatever keith and megan were dating at the time and he was like yo is it cool if uh megan tries out and i was like yeah that'd be sick and then it just that's kind of how it went down and she and she did really you know really great for the quote-unquote tryout i mean you know but um yeah, she was in the band, and then like then we recorded the. I was on the demo for Punch and the first seven inch with Punch. So like those two releases, it was me on drums, uh, Daniel on bass, Jeff on guitar, and Keith on guitar, and uh, Megan on vocals for the demo and the um, and the first seven inch and. Um, that roster did the first West Coast tour with them, yeah. and and that was sick because uh, that that was the first time I, I officially met like all the South all the Southgate kids like uh, like the Hit Me Back kids mm-hmm. like those dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like when I officially like hung out with them and met them, and they're like, you know, they're those 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 dudes even to this day those dudes are awesome like super solid you know. Oh yeah, and just that that crew of, of of people you know um yeah just super solid and then uh yeah and then like did the west coast tour and then um that band was practicing pretty you know that was that band was practicing like once a week uh on turk and taylor in the tenderloin in the city i was living at the in the city at the time and then, um i was working the uh men's fragrances counter at the uh, union square oh, macy's yeah, I remember. and you were living so I was... fucking you were living above the cd the fucking cd store yeah uh, that, that was, was yeah that Grime... was cool that was a grimy times man grimy times i remember <laughs> you know what i remember that the struggle, struggle they had the last crisscross album when they was all grown and they were <laughs> They're wearing matching white, uh, matching white clothes, and then the yeah. skinny dude, he had the like the back in the day shit where you had the uh, the middle part uh, cornrows that go down, and then you yeah, bandana, I think the white bandana like tied like uh, fucking uh, prodigy would have it, or like Joel Santana would have it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a look, dude. There, yeah, but it's a look. Yeah, so it was that it was that era, and then um, I was working one day, and then I saw Dave Mello, who was in Funeral Diner. Mm. He came he came in with his girlfriend at the time, and he, we started chopping it up. I was like, "Oh, what's, what's up, dude?" And he was like, um, "Yeah, like uh, crazy, like Funeral Diner broke up." And I was like, "Oh, that sucks." He's like, "Yeah, crazy thing. We had a whole uh, which one? tour book. Which guy was that? That was the guitarist, Dave Mello, yeah, the guitar player. Oh, okay. Um." So Dan, the other guitar player, was 
Matt Bida, the drummer's brother, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, so Dave Mello, the other guitar player, he comes in with his girlfriend at the time and we start chopping it up. And then he's like, yeah, um, we have this entire, like, we have a U.S. tour, a European tour, and, and another, like, month of the States, like, already booked for Funeral Diner, and we broke up. I was like, oh, dude, that, that, that sucks. And he's like, yeah, man. Um, but we're actually getting another band together. Would you be interested in playing with us? And I was like, okay, cool, yeah. And then uh, we'll just, like, trying out. So I went to go try out. I tried out on vocals, just only vocals was the first time I jammed with them. And then um, they were down. And then that that band um, became um, Who Calls So Loud. And that happened at the same time as Punch was getting kind of kick-started. You know what I mean? So they were kind of like, um, Punch was kind of getting some shows here and there. And then, um, you know, I got, you know, the opportunity to try out for who calls so loud and then um yeah so i kind of like started jamming with them and punch at the same time and then i didn't really think that it all was gonna kind of like kind of like all like converge at like us at a, a as soon as it did you know what i mean because they were just like yo who calls so loud we're gonna um we're gonna actually like do this tour like are you ready like like we like i was like dude i have like a dead-end job i don't have any money to go on a tour and they're just like yo like we'll like we'll figure it out later let's just let's let's get this all booked up and get the recording going and then we'll um take it from there i was like okay all right sick so um i don't know like i wasn't i was just kind of like unhappy with myself like and just kind of like struggling with a lot of things so like um i kind of took them up on that opportunity to go on like the, the extended tour and um so I had to like quit punch to do that tour. And um, and I think a lot of people like didn't really know why I did it, you know? Like they don't really know why like I would leave like a band like Punch who's getting some buzz and starting to kind of like, you know, gig around, you know what I mean? The, the Bay and like outside of the Bay and started kind of like picking up steam yeah. and and it wasn't anything personal towards anybody in the band, like you know, but um, after after that first West Coast tour, like Daniel didn't enjoy being in the band anymore, so he left. So at the time, my mind, my my frame of mind was like, well, like didn't Daniel move at that time too? What was that? Did he move to uh, LA at that time, or he moved to Santa Ana? Um, that came a little later. Mm, okay. that that came a little later yeah he was living in the city at the time mm. but yeah like he uh was just like he was done so just the way i the way i was uh hello yeah yeah sorry sorry i got like a weird call but um so uh where my mind was at at the time i was like well it's not the original roster anymore it's not like it's not like the original idea yeah. So like I'm not really like I don't want to you know just kind of like milk this you know mm-hmm. I don't know I just did, at the time I just wasn't really like as committed I guess or I was also kind of just kind of I felt like I was in a rut you know 
mm-hmm. like emotionally, mentally, just kind of like financially, just kind of just like, blah. and like, I guess going on a long tour was a way to like escape and kind of like, um, kind of game plan, I guess what I was going to do next with, with myself. But yeah, but like, there was just kind of like, like, like weirdness and like some, like not bad blood, but just kind of just like, kind of like hurt feelings, I guess. Um, for me jumping ship, I guess, you know, and then, uh, I almost didn't, I, I almost didn't go on that tour with, uh, weird. yeah. Cause it was starting to get weird. Like people were like saying stuff back and forth, like, uh, people from punch to people and who calls so loud, like, you know, so it was just kind of like, without getting in too into, into the details and, you know, making people look, look silly. I'm not going to do that, but like, <laughs> but it was just kind of like, it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's all good now. Like there's like, no, there's no like beef at all. Like there's not, it's like non-existent, but like, it was just kind of like, kind of weird. No beef about that. Yeah, it's weird that there would be beef, but it's just, it, at, at the time, I think people were just kind of just like, you know, feelings were hurt, toes were stepped on, you know what I mean, that that kind of thing. But like, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I kind of just went on that tour and then, um, so yeah, I was on the Punch demo and first seven inch and then the uh, Who Calls So Loud, it's like a, it's like a, uh, Double ten inch, yeah, and then there was a um, double ten inch. I thought it was just a gatefold. It was a double ten inch, yeah. Double I don't, ten. you know, that double ten so, inch. That is so, like, amazing, like amazing. <laughs> yeah. What the? Fuck it was weird. Fuck does that? I don't know. Awesome. I don't know. It was weird. That was recorded with Jack Shirley, um, and then the artwork was done by the singer of Comadre. Mm. So that so that was you know it was an interesting interesting um, time period. So yeah, I I had never done an extended tour like that before, and I was just like, um, you know, just went for it, and it was just changed my life pretty much. And then um, so yeah, like uh, that band ended on tour. We were in uh, Indiana, and this was like after a month of the U.S., after a month of the States, we had a month break, and then we went on the month of the second stint of like the U.S., and then we were in like Indiana, I believe. Did you guys and do then, a Europe like, tour? What was that? Did you guys do a Europe, Europe tour? Yeah, Western Europe. So we uh, toured, um, it was like Germany, we hit Austria. Uh, the Czech Republic, which is pretty amazing, and then uh, um, the Netherlands. No, 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 not the. Sorry, like we went like uh, we flew into like Amsterdam, and then we played uh, the UK, which mm-hmm. was awesome, really awesome playing the UK. And then uh, we did one night in Paris, that was pretty rad. And then um, also a pornography. A what? <laughs> One night in Paris or nothing. Keep going. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yikes! But um, uh, yeah, that was that. And then um, 
yeah, the second stint of the U.S. tour band broke up in um, Indiana, I believe. And then we drove straight back to San Francisco, like straight. Just broke up and stopped the tour. They weren't they Yeah, they didn't want to continue on. Um, Tim, the guitar player, Tim Hellman. Oh yeah. He was just he was on. You know, he wasn't in. You know, he wasn't happy. And then like touring conditions, it, it was pretty brutal, man. It was grueling, you know. And just like the the songs were just like really. Um, uh, they were just like really just uh, different for me. Yeah. Really long. They were long songs, and I'm just used to like minute to you know minute and a half long songs. These songs were like you know four minutes. You know what I mean? Like long, you know. So it was just kind of like it was like man, it was like a workout. Like I mean, playing a show in general is a workout, but like playing that is just like really like exhaust. It was like exhausting and playing that every night. You know what I mean? My voice, like my voice, like I was on this like extended tour right and my voice blew out after like the third show and i didn't know anything about um like like vocal care you know what i mean i had no like clue about it i was just i was just going for it you know so like i toured most of the most what was that what'd you do after that well i just i just kept screaming and oh no like like probably like 80 percent of that tour maybe more was just of me and my voice that was just like hoarse, just like, uh, just like, and just kind of like a vocal cords just getting shredded like every night. And it's just, I was just like, what, whatever, I didn't care, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I just went for that. Uh, and like, it, yeah, I don't think it, it didn't damage my voice, but you know, I'm, I'm fine now, but like, I just definitely was like, painful it was like emotionally painful and like physically painful and it's just kind of like weird it was just like a weird time for me yeah. but um but yeah so after that um that was like the last uh the last like uh that was the last tour that i went on and then um and then uh i didn't play music for a long time i kind of tapped out um, it was a, it was a good while before I started jamming with jamming with, with people and even thought about getting a band together. Like I just kind of was just like you know I'm kind of just like done with all this for right now. Um, a lot of life changes happened, and then uh, my most recent band was this band like uh, called Don't Front. Mm-hmm. We were trying to like just do like straightforward hardcore kind of stuff, and and I and um. Like with the guys that were in the band, um, they're just like friends of friends that I just ended up getting pretty close with and just nice guys and great guys. Um, Daniel and Kai, they were in my wedding. Like they're like two two of my best friends. Um, Like, uh, yeah, it was cool. Like they're just great dudes. And I was a sick wedding, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm really happy, really happy that you were there. Yeah, that was maybe the only wedding I've been to. Really? Yeah. Nice. I'll 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 I
<laughs> but yeah, but yeah, don't front. We did we did a uh, a demo which I don't like, and then we did a uh, like like a tape, a promo tape, and then um, it was kind of weird because like it was kind of a weird time. Like I tried to get us on shows. I tried to. I basically kind of like um, basically did what I thought I should do like, as you know, as, as an up and coming band. You know what I mean? So we got tapes made. We had a hundred tapes, right? And um, all of those tapes were pretty much given out for free. I like would go to shows around the bay. This was like a few years ago. You know what I mean? I'd go to. And this is what we were talking about earlier, kind of like the new way of promoting your music, kind of like uh, just kind of posting a link, you know, and just like getting, you know, having your social media clout like kind of be hyper now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like I'm coming from kind of like a generation where it's like you make your tapes you make your, you know, demos or whatever, and you go and you physically get them in the hands of people. You chop it up and say, oh, yeah, I'm in this band. Can I give you a tape? And um, I don't know. Maybe it was just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I'm like a little, at, at the time I was like a little older or something, or I don't know what it was. Maybe I seemed desperate or something. So they, or I was trying too hard. And I don't know what it was, but like that band didn't really take off. And it, and it wasn't really like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but, you know, we weren't like the, the greatest band in the world, but I, I felt like we uh, were passionate and, you know, honest and um, probably could have, uh, you know, did a little something if we got a little bit more, you know, traction and everything. But we did play some cool shows. Um, yeah, played with some good bands in the Bay and that was like the last band I was in and uh, that band ended. And um, that's like the end of my bandography. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of, I think I'm not like, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. I just kind of just, I think I'm just confused because uh, I kind of just went to what I knew, which was like, you make your tapes and you physically hand them to people. You hand them to people in bands, active bands, like, yo, let like, do you ever have any like, you know, opening slots, like, you know what I mean? Trying to like network and stuff. And it just, uh, I don't know. It just didn't really, uh, didn't really pan out. It's the booking agent now. We're gonna do yeah. It. Now, hardcore and punk is like a, the music, it's like part of the music industry now. It's like not an underground thing <laughs> or something. It's crazy, bro. It's like, it's yeah. But, you know. Yeah, it's so. You hear the live out mm-hmm. of history. You took mm-hmm. the history with you. We took, mm-hmm. the, took the little. We took the the journey. We took the journey from the whole shit. Hopefully, uh, it brought some good memories. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just, I just, you know, want you to have the flowers, bro. I want you to get the roses, bro, because it's. Yeah, I think this, your story and the bands you're in very influential. So I wanted you, I wanted to have you on here. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. 
Are you doing anything? What music you want to promote now? Um, not at the moment. I was uh, kind of when like the quarantine thing hit. I um, I always, I always, uh, oh, of course, you know, I gotta, I gotta mention my my beat production for you. Yeah. Like that, you know, that was a big thing. You know, I went under the name Vague Taste and I, I was making electronic music and I was just like kind of sending you beats. I still kind of send you beats here and there. But like it was it was a cool surprise to like see that it made, you know, one of my beats made it on onto your, you know, one of your uh, mixtapes. That, that that was er- early on. That's pretty sick. Wait, which one? I don't remember. The Brett, Brett Michaels or? Oh. Dude, you're part of history. We always <laughs> we always come back together. Yeah, dude. We always come back together, bro. Yeah. We always we, we always do. you're my forever friend. We always come back together, dude. Hell yeah. This the the moons align. <laughs> yeah. They always align. True. True story. Sick. All right, well we'll wrap this one. Okay. Freddie, it was great talking to you. Yeah, same same to you, man. Like, thank you for having me on. This is cool. No, no doubt, bro. Uh, give it up, my man, Freddy Ruiz. Yeah. yeah. Yo, that was part two with Freddy Ruiz. We signing off. Back to the motherfucking thing. It's your boy. California be on fire right now, dog. Hey, yo, this my podcast voice. Y'all liking that shit, bro? You hearing this podcast voice, bro? So I'm just speaking this podcast voice, podcast voice forever. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, leave a review. Cause uh, trying to do this. For y'all, we got more on the way. You already know. It's the Twan cast. That's Twan. This me. This me, man. That's me, man. Me is Twan, baby. Yeah, you already know what the fuck going on. Hey, y'all niggas, man. Twan, what up, bruh? Oh, nothing. Just chilling. Oh, okay. All right. Well, see you later.